who will pay the price of shade? Inaccurate memes can be hard to correct. We've all heard, for instance, that tea coffee is the second most traded commodity after oil. Over the last few years, that one has largely been debunked, but like a weed in the garden, we still see it periodically. There is another meme circulating in coffee sustainability circles that requires clarification. By 2050, half of the land suitable for coffee becomes unsuitable, and the demand for coffee will grow to be 2x what it is today. You do the math. First, half of the suitable land becomes unsuitable by 2050. Suitable land here refers to all land on the planet that is suitable or capable of coffee growing. It is not all the land currently under coffee cultivation. Turns out, even if we lose 50% of the suitable land, the remaining land is way more than is necessary to fill a 2x, 3x, or 4x increase in demand. Of course, it's pressure for suitable farmland driving deforestation and other problems. But that's a topic for a different article. I'm in no way saying that losing half of the suitable land will have no impact on farmers. If land becomes unsuitable for coffee trees in a coffee-growing region, the impacts will be, or are, devastating. I'm just saying, roasters will always be able to get their beans. Second, the brilliance of the research from this meme was the clarity it brought to the various agroclimatic zones or ACZ, where coffee is grown. The research mapped each ACZ and provided estimates of how each zone fares with climate change. The five ACZs described in Bunn's WCR and CIAT research were hot and dry, hot and wet, constant, cool and dry, and cool and wet. Each one of these ACZs changes with climate change, but in different ways. Hot and dry is the most vulnerable, but many of our favorite regions fall into this category. Third, if shade is added to the models, nowhere near 50% of suitable land is lost. Those three points are key for those making long-term coffee investments, and developing strategies designed to maintain current coffee supply chains. The two big problems that climate change presents to coffee farmers then, are 1. Who pays for the 30% to 40% reduction in yields that a farmer experiences by adding shade? Shade reduces the photosynthesis and productivity of the plants. 2. Drought. Nothing grows without water. The coffee bloom is triggered by rainfall. Here's where F1 hybrids come in. The F1s are proving to be high performers under shade. It's possible to make up for some of the lost production due to less sunlight with the introduction of certain F1 hybrids. But F1s for drought tolerance. Stenophylla, which is a different coffee species, has drought tolerance and could be crossed in an interspecific breeding effort to get those characteristics into the Arabica species, though we are likely decades away from being able to test anything in the field. Even more interesting to me, the new mother population of Arabicas recently discovered in Yemen, Yemenia, may provide the genetics for more drought-tolerant coffee trees that could be used outright or in conjunction with a breeding program. Interspecific is breeding digression. Typically, different species can't produce offspring or, if they do, are sterile. But it sometimes happens naturally, as it did with the Timor hybrid that was the genetic bridge that brought robusta genes into Arabica, the sarcomores and catamores. Interspecific breeding also happens artificially by exploiting a rare genetic defect, male sterility, no pollen. And in coffee, this was recently done to create something that's been called an arabusta. The Arabusta is not the end goal, but rather is a vehicle for bringing the genetics of the species Coffea canifora, 
robusta, into Arabica varieties. But let's temper that optimism with some reality. 1. Drought tolerance hasn't even been defined for a coffee tree yet. There's no target for a plant breeder to even aim at. 2. When a plant is drought tolerant, this doesn't mean it's a cactus and thrives in drought conditions. It means it could produce more coffee in drought conditions than would otherwise be possible, but it will mostly mean that the plant has the stuff to survive a drought. It's not that it will produce enough coffee to protect the producer's economic well-being. There is only one known strategy for dealing with drought conditions that have proven to work. Irrigation. This tells me that if the hot and dry ACZs become drought-ridden, a big swath of Central America is currently experiencing a multi-year drought, it will be the larger, professional operations that soldier on. The ones that are able to invest in irrigation. The subsistence smallholders will likely need to find a new cash crop. When someone indicates that climate change will threaten their ability to buy a cup of coffee in the future, they are not entirely wrong however. The diversity of coffee-growing origins is threatened. Many of these regions, punished by years of low prices, pests, coffee rust, and even political unrest, have resulted in reduced production. El Salvador production has dropped by nearly 80% since 1993. The regenerative agriculture movement, combined with the ubiquitous net-zero commitments, will likely result in a global increase in shade-grown coffee. The benefits of this are undeniable. Trees can be an additional source of income, can help keep moisture in the soil, and contributes to biodiversity above and below the soil. But a rush to add shade without considering the long-term impacts on yield also threatens global coffee producers. Yield reduction results in an increase in the cost of production. There are lots of folks lining up, ready to pay for trees. But who is going to pay the increased cost of production? If the past is any indicator of the future, producers will be left with the check. India's green coffee exports surge. The Russia-Ukraine conflict has disrupted shipments of instant coffee, but a global supply shortage and resulting price surge have boosted exports of Indian green coffee. After hitting a 10-year high of $2.60 per pound in February, the benchmark C price for Arabica on the New York ice market for coffee futures dropped to $2.1 per pound. Indian coffee contracts were now being fulfilled against the earlier higher price. Arabica's price has been softening in recent weeks, in part because traders view the continued lockdown in China as affecting demand. Bloomberg reported on the weekend that the majority of coffee consumption happened in the big cities, like Shanghai, and these were the places heavily affected by the country's zero-tolerance lockdown policy. Exports of coffee increased by 25% to 148,402 tons between 1st January and 27 April, according to the Coffee Board of the Indian Government. New site Money Control reported a quote from Ramesh Raja, president of the Coffee Exporters Association. Exports are brisk in April. In the previous months also, there was good demand. But what we are shipping is for prior orders. Normally, India expects exports to drop once Brazil's harvest comes into the market. However, there is a current shortage of containers leaving from Brazil, which is likely to constrain their ability to fill demand, leaving India perhaps with an opportunity to step in and meet that demand. 
Brazil's struggle. Brazil's national supply business, Conab, predicted the 2022-23 coffee crop at 55.7 million 60 kilograms bags in its earlier projection for the forthcoming coffee season. As the country enters the on-year in the biennial Arabica production cycle, this represents a 16.8% increase over 2021. However, the forecast is lower than 2020's record yield of 63 million bags. Compared to 2020, the decrease in production this year is due to adverse weather conditions with drought and a bad frost affecting the major coffee-producing regions in Minas Gerais, Sao Paulo, and Padna, primarily in July and August 2021, according to Conab. Brazil is experiencing container shortage problems, and hence its shipments are at least two months late. But the country could be exporting more this year because of a better crop and depreciation in its currency against the dollar, said Ramesh Raja, president of the Coffee Exporters Association. India's Rise Most of India's coffee production is robusta, and much of this is consumed internally. See the Bartok's website for charts. However, the country now is seeing increased demand for robusta from other countries. Money Control reported that the coffee board was disappointed with the level of Arabica production, which has fallen short of the 99,000 tons expected. Most of what has been produced has already been exported, to take advantage of the record high market price. The current estimate is for 235,000 tons of Robusta to be produced for 2021 to 2022. And Ramnathan, chairman of the Karnataka Planters Association, said, Arabica fetched a high price of 16,000 rupees, circa US $208, per 50 kilograms bag this year compared with rupees 9,000 to 10,000, circa US $117 to $130, last year. Unfortunately, the growers couldn't cash in on it much, as the output was low. Robusta crop is much better, but maybe 20% lower than the previous year. The price level of Robusta is almost similar to last year. In general, India is in competition with Vietnam, the world's second-largest coffee producer, and Indonesia, both of which mostly export Robusta which big European roasters use for making lower-cost instant coffee. However, due to the location, these countries are currently suffering from abnormally high freight charges to Europe, while India's freight rate to Europe is lower by contrast. N. Sathapan, director of SLN Coffee, said, the freight rate hikes have helped India match the coffee rates of Vietnam and Indonesia on the global market and attract more buyers. Indian Instant Coffee Market Consignments of instant coffee have been impacted since the Russia-Ukraine conflict in February. India sells 40,000 tons of instant coffee, with Russia as its major buyer. Unlike some Western countries, and companies like Nestle pulling out of the coffee business in Russia, India has maintained a trading relationship with the country. Sathapan said, earlier, the exports used to be in dollars. But now, after the sanctions imposed by the Western countries, banks are not accepting dollars. We are waiting for the proper notification to export in rupees or rubles. 
Reportedly some local Indian roasters that imported beans previously are now using local sources to counter the weak rupee, which has made imports more expensive. Imports of coffee beans are tax-free for re-export but have a charge of 110% for consumption in the domestic market. CCL Limited and Tata Coffee Limited, two of the world's largest instant coffee exporters, import enormous volumes of beans destined for exportation. For domestic sales of brands like Nescafe and Brew, multinationals like Nestle India and Hindustan Unilever use Indian coffee beans. The future of coffee production. The demand would surpass output by 3.1 million 60 kilograms bags this coffee year, October 2021 to September 2022, based on April's forecast from the International Coffee Organization (ICO). However, this was made prior to the lockdown in China, which, as we noted earlier, is expected to have an impact on demand. The organization estimated total production at 167.2 million bags, down to 0.1% from the previous year's circa 170.8 million bags. The ICO expects global coffee consumption to increase by 3.3% to 170.3 million bags in 2021-22, up from 164.9 million bags the previous year. Variations in supply and demand may be influenced by a global economic slump, higher input costs, and the situation in Ukraine, according to the report. Melita and 4C link Colombian smallholder coffee farmers to the European market. Melita has sourced the first shipment of coffee produced and certified in collaboration with the project in Colombia. 4C Services and the family-run coffee producer Melita Europa are working together with Colombian coffee farmers in the Magdalena region on the project named Improving Working and Living Circumstances for Coffee Smallholders in Colombia. To make farmers' operations more feasible and the sector more appealing to future generations, the coffee from the Magdalena region gaining traction in Europe is important. Private sector financier giant, Deutsche Investitions und Entwicklungsgesellschaft, but will refer to them as DEG, is co-funding the initiative through its Develo PPP program, started in 1999 by the German Federal Ministry for Economic Cooperation and Development, BMZ to encourage private sector participation in areas where commercial and development policy efforts overlap. At the end of 2021, 437 smallholder coffee producers got 4C certified, marking a key project milestone. In line with this accomplishment, Melita paid a premium for their first batch of 4C certified, traceable coffee from project recipients in early 2022. Richard Becerra, a coffee farmer in the Magdalena region of Colombia said, with the 4C certification we take care of our environment, becoming more sustainable in the long term and adding value to our coffee, which allows us to improve our income. 4C's implementing partner, Federación Nacional de Cafeteros, FNC, is a democratic and participatory organization that represents over 500,000 families of coffee growers in Colombia. The two units started the project in early 2020, and since then, they have conducted 386 on-farm training and online workshops for individuals and groups alike. At these trainings, smallholder coffee producers are provided technical assistance to learn effective management practices and prepare for the 4C audit. 
We are very proud that the first green coffees from the project region in Colombia have been shipped to Bremen. This shows the great progress made in the project and that it happened under challenging circumstances. Many thanks to the partners involved that this milestone has been reached as planned, said Jan Rishkoff, sustainability manager of Melita Europa, coffee division. The joint project will continue to assist more coffee growers in 2022 in improving their production techniques and to preserve the 4C accreditation. These efforts will entail more training, both online and on the farm. The project will also strengthen prospects for young adults in the coffee industry in the Magdalena region, through trainings on barista skills, coffee tasting, ecotourism and business. Additionally, the beneficiaries will receive financial support to make necessary investments in order to apply the learnings from the trainings and improvement initiatives identified during the 4C audit. Strong and direct market links between coffee producers and international markets are key to improve livelihoods of coffee communities and build sustainable supply chains. We are very proud that, with its partners, Foresee has been able to contribute to this important outcome, despite the difficult COVID framework conditions, said Norbert Schmitz, managing director of 4C Services. 4C is a sustainability certification program for the coffee industry. To develop legitimate, sustainable, and transparent supply chains, 4C certification focuses on sound agricultural and management practices, including standards for economic, social, and environmental conditions for coffee production and processing. OFI and Melita Europa have issued a press release around a pilot plan to make their coffee traceable from the roaster to the farm which produced the coffee. The company uses a blockchain system supported by digital tools to provide an end-to-end -end experience. Interestingly, this is the first coffee project I know of that uses SAP's material traceability system. SAP is a German enterprise resource planning ERP, software that large businesses deploy to link disparate parts of the business together, for example, manufacturing to finance and operations. As Melita is also a German company, this perhaps is not a surprising choice. Typically, the material traceability platform from SAP is used by engineering companies who want to get visibility into the details of their supply chain, which can assist them with events like product recalls. But the platform was also built with the food industry in mind and offers detailed analytics and a kind of genealogy map to visualize the journey. As SAP themselves point out in a blog post, the system is dependent on good data going in, so there is still a requirement for good practices on the ground. However, such initiatives are welcome because they bring consumers and farmers closer together. The OFI and Melita collaboration will enable consumers to scan a QR code and learn about the product through a rich visual experience. This is a key point that I think will become the norm in the near future, with the potential to build a connection between consumers and farmers. The press release follows. An innovative coffee pilot project with selected speciality coffees between OFI, Olam Food Ingredients, and Melita Europa GmbH, combines the capabilities of blockchain with other digital tools to meet growing consumer demand for coffee, that not only stands out for its aroma and taste but is also traceable, from farm to roaster. Florian Schmidt, General Manager, Coffee at OFI said. Consumers are increasingly interested in where their ingredients come from, but traceability is notoriously challenging in coffee supply chains because of their fragmented nature. 
The beans are sourced from smallholder farmers scattered across remote areas and often change hands multiple times before reaching the roaster. This is why we're innovating with our customers to deepen our digital presence on the ground to improve traceability. This benefits both farmers and coffee lovers, who are becoming increasingly quality-oriented and experience-driven. At the farm level, OFI sources high-quality lots via its proprietary smartphone app from smallholder farmers, who are located in the south-central region of Guatemala. It allows farmers to negotiate and transact with OFI directly. Each transaction is tagged with the farm location and date and provides the source data for Melita's SAP material traceability tool using blockchain technology. The Sustainability Insights platform, AtSource, adds a layer of transparency for customers. The social and environmental footprint of a coffee purchase can be measured across 100-plus metrics. At various stages of the supply chain journey, at farmer group level, through processing and logistics, up to the roaster. Jorg Lehman, Head of Green Coffee Management and Logistics at Melita. Using SAP's material traceability technology together with OFI's digital tools and Scantrust's connected packaging platform and QR codes, we can take consumers on a virtual journey from our manufacturer in Bremen, Germany, all the way back to the farms in the Guatemala highlands where their Arabica beans were grown. For these three selected coffees from Guatemala, they can access videos of the farmer explaining everything that goes into producing these quality beans. They can learn about the specific processing method used and how it shapes the desired aroma and flavor. We're connecting the people who drink our coffee with the people that grow it. Belgium became biggest importer of Kenya coffee in 2020-21. Belgium has overtaken America and Germany as Kenya's biggest coffee export markets for the first time in a decade. According to the Coffee Directorate under Kenya's Agriculture and Food Authority, Belgium purchased 8.9 million kilograms, up from 6 million kilograms a year ago. The United States purchased 6.1 million kilograms, down 30% from 9 million the previous year, reports Business Daily Africa. In the year leading up to June 2021, the European country imported 6.5 billion shillings, circa $56 million, worth of Kenyan coffee, which was a significant jump from the previous year, pushing it ahead of the United States to become the producer's largest customer. By comparison, the United States came in second, purchasing 4 billion shillings, circa US $34.5 million, worth of coffee during the same period, while Germany was the third largest buyer. Inosh Ekuma, the head of the coffee directorate said, while the top five countries remain the same for the two-season, it is important to note that Belgium improved from position 3 in the previous year to the top position in 2020-21. Germany was the leading buyer of Kenyan coffee for a decade until it was dethroned by America in 2018. The states took the lead for the first time after Kenya aggressively marketed its specialty coffee during the 2018 Specialty Coffee Association of America Symposium in Seattle. Kenya was accorded portrait status at the symposium, making it the exhibition's main focus point and one of the largest single market channels for coffee producers to meet buyers and consumers. The African country sells the majority of its coffee in the form of green beans. Only 5% of exports are roasted coffee.
This level of disparity is an ongoing source of tension between African countries who feel that they should move away from selling the raw commodity and move up the value chain by doing more of the processing. In practical terms, this may only be achieved as they increase domestic consumption. The country also fears that roasters import Kenyan beans to mix with lower quality beans from elsewhere, which may affect the country's reputation. Over the next five years, the country hopes to increase the amount of locally roasted coffee by 5 to 10% annually. <laughs>